1: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
0: beginning our look at the aftermath following the Montez sweat and chase young trades and hearing from your new starting defensive ends of the Washington Commanders, that and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Commanders. You are
1: Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and I thank you so much for joining me here, making this your first listen or review today and every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you are getting your podcast, and you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Just go to joinsubtex.com slash Locked On Commanders, and from there... You're going to get texts from me on daily news, insights, inside information, and things that go beyond and outside of what we talk about here on the program. And, of course, I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter, at harrison 82 credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation here with you every Monday through Friday, along with the everydayers. And everydayers, you know, I greatly appreciate your continued support for the show. This episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code NFL and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. On today's show, we are going to take a look at the second half of the NFL season for the Washington Commanders. We are going to finally get to do our review of what happened in Week 8, but we're going to start off today's episode talking more about the trades that happened on Tuesday because, of course, that is the dominant story in the headline for good reason. A lot of shifts happening within the Washington Commanders organization, and we'll start off here with Ron Rivera. Speaking about uh, some speaking about the moves, at least at the best that he can. And I know that a lot of you may have seen on social media kind of a thank you message from the organization of Montez Sweat. You have not seen one for Chase Young yet, and that is because the Chase Young trade is actually not official or or, or official yet because physicals and all those things uh, have to happen. Ron Rivera kind of talked about that a little bit. So just because you're seeing the message thanking Montez Sweat but not Chase Young does not mean the team is not going to thank Chase Young. It just means that that trade uh, Is not official yet. In fact, mere minutes after the Washington commander sent out their tweet thanking Montez, Wet Montez stepped to the podium uh, in front of the Chicago Bears media for the first time. And I was tuning into uh, to that press conference. If you're an insider, I sent you uh, a heads up that that press conference was happening. If you want to know what he said, now you can go to the Chicago Bear social media sites or go to CommanderCountry.com. I wrote a little article uh, about some of the things that he said. Nothing really inflammatory or too outstanding. Kind of your run in the mill introductory press conference. But Ron Rivera spoke to us around 4 p.m. on Wednesday following practice for the Washington Commanders and started off his press conference with a statement, which is a little bit unorthodox. Usually uh, he doesn't start off with statements, but one of the things he said, quote, trading Montez was a really tough decision, but something we felt was in the best interest of the football team. We really appreciate everything Montez had did for us. A heck of a football player came in and did some nice things and really fit well. But again, football is a very difficult business and a lot of things change and things happen. And so we made the decision. Really do appreciate everything that Montez did for us. I want to wish him the best in Chicago as he finishes up his opportunities there. Uh, As far as Chase is concerned, because the 49ers are on their bye week, you know, slow uh, slows the process down a little bit. I can't comment on that until it's done. So I'll be happy to talk about Montez or New England. Of course, we talked a lot about Montez and the trades and. Coach Rivera was asked if the trade signals a shift in in the way that this team uh, is going to build their roster moving forward. Obviously a lot of capital put in to the defense, four first round picks on the first uh, on the defensive line uh, alone, then you got a first round pick in the linebacker group, a first round pick in the cornerback group, so a lot of capital uh you know dedicated to the defense. And here's what Ron Rivera said, quote, when you look at some of the things that have happened for us this year, in terms of growth and development and looking at what's happening on at the quarterback position, we feel really good about who Sam Howell is becoming for us. And again, looking at some of the things that are going on and with the compensation we're getting for these players, it's going to give us an opportunity to continue to build for the future and do things a little differently. So yeah, there may be a little bit of a shift in terms of the paradigm and how we're going to construct things, and a lot of things that we've talked about it has been interesting 10 days, probably as far as those things are concerned, end quote. And that's something that Coach Rivera did uh, divulge to us. This this trade situation with Montez and Chase, both uh, and individually, has kind of been a 10-day work in progress. Now, he was asked, had they beaten the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, whether or not Montez and or Chase Young would still be with the organization? And Ron said he didn't want to speculate on those types of things. The bottom line is uh, they didn't win. And this is the direction that they decided to go uh, with the organization. Now, when, you know, there was a report that came out from Diana Rossini of The Athletic, who said that basically Josh Harris, the the managing partner of the ownership group, had kind of led, you know, spearheaded the charge on getting these trades done. According to Ron Rivera, it was basically a conversation back and forth. And, you know, honestly, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. It might be something where Josh Harris said, hey, look, we're going to trade some pieces here to get draft capital for the future. So go out and find us the best deals you can Ron and his group went out, found the best deals they could, which is for Chase Young and Montez Sweat on expiring contracts, brought them to Josh Harris and the group, and they uh, greenlit the trade. Um, so something that a lot of people have been talking about, especially the national media, I mean, this is waving the white flag, right? You're punting on the season. Some fans uh, feel that way as well. So Ron, of course, was asked on uh, about that as well as if trading is giving up on the season. Ron said, quote, no. What I would say is based on some of the things that we've seen and some of the growth and development we have, it's an opportunity to see what else we have. It's an opportunity to go out and win football games using different guys, and we feel that we have an opportunity to go out and play and play well. We look forward to seeing what some of these young guys can do, end quote. And he said more on that, talked about going through this kind of back in 2014 uh, when he was with the Carolina Panthers and and all these things as well. And I think really at the end of the day, that's the bottom line of this thing. This, this Washington Commanders team is, is in by, by no way, shape, or form Forfeiting the rest of the season, they're not punting on the season. They're still going out there, intending on competing. The mood on the practice field—it was freezing cold out there, but the mood on the practice field was honestly was the same mood. Like honestly, outside of not seeing ninety and ninety-nine out there, you would not have thought that this team just went through this kind of dramatic shift that a lot of people uh, are kind of chalking this up as. Inside the locker room after practice, same thing. You know, the the mood was obviously a little tentative. Everybody kind of knew like this was going to be the big topic, and you know. When you're talking about the, the departure of teammates, that always is a little bit, uh, puts the people a little bit on edge. But specifically and predictably, most of us wanted to talk to Casey Two and James Smith Williams because they will be your new starting defense events for the Washington Commanders. And uh, thanks to my buddies over at WSA9. Uh, for those who don't know, Tegna owns WSA9, the, the new station out here in Washington, D.C., they also own the Locked On Podcast Network. So we are. Brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, whatever you want to call us, we work under the same umbrella. So, their expert cameraship uh, here is a little bit of what we spoke about with Case Hill and James Smith Williams in the locker room on Wednesday. I guess obviously an uh, interesting day yesterday with the, with the trades and. Um you and James Smith have an uh, opportunity now. How do, you, how do you react as a group to, to what happened yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it's always, you know, in this business, it's always sad to see people that you spend a lot of time with, people that you have a lot of respect for go. Obviously, Chase and Tez are incredible players, good friends of both of ours, so that was that was sad to see them go, and it, it always is, and that's like a part of the business that's, that that's never, that's never gets easier, right? That, that was a hard day for everyone involved. But, you know, now, honestly, I don't think anything changes in terms of, like, James and I, our preparation, you know we've been here before our rookie year you know when they' were both hurt nothing changes I don't think you make it a bigger deal than it is and just come to work every day and do your absolute best to repair I'm sure it's bittersweet because they were teammates but also now you and James Smith get more reps playing time how excited are you for this opportunity yeah it's always exciting but I think you just really can't focus too much on that but right? I don't think like I said much changes like I don't think my preparation changes whether I was playing you know 10 reps or if I'm playing 30 or 40 whatever it is so just you know. Keep Keeping that same mindset, um, just enjoying every day here, you know, and just uh, preparing the best I can, and that's all I'm on All right, that was Casey Twohill, one of your new starting defensive ends. For the Washington Commanders again talking about just following the same routines he's been going through, and I think something to remember. Casey Twohill, third on the team in sacks right now, four sacks that he's only played twenty percent of the defensive snaps. Now, of course, that's not going to expand one for one. So now that he's playing, say, 80% of the snaps, his sacks his sacks aren't going to go up another 60% necessarily. But it just kind of shows, like he was saying, that, that he's been here before, he's played before, he's started even uh, before at times as well. So has James Smith-Williams. And so let's hear from your other new starting defensive end for the Washington Commanders. Yes. Yeah, thinking, uh, so so, give, me, give me your yeah. thoughts on our uh, yeah. transition here. I mean, I yeah. was in the news yesterday. I thought Freddie Locker was good. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, long like Casey just said, <laughs> you know, they were great friends of ours. You know, guys we <laughs> played with for four years, <laughs> years now, and so it was hard to lose yeah, them. A it's a business. <laughs> and how was it, I know he just said, it doesn't change anything, long but long still, there's got to be a visceral reaction to the fact that you're going to be the bell cow. You know, for me, I think it's a little bit different. I've started over 20 Games here, you know, I'm 21, 22, so I, I'm not yeah. brand new to this position. Having to take on those reps, so like, this opportunity, you gotta seize that opportunity. Did, did the day change at all for you? <laughs> no, I'm still gotta work, man. Be the same guy every day, right? They're like, gonna play a lot of plays. You never know what's gonna happen. Again.
1: When this happened yesterday, did you reach out to Chase Montez? Send him a text? Did you talk to
0: them? Yeah, I saw him in person. I'm say I said goodbye to Chase and you know, gave a big hug yeah, I mean, I'm sure and, you know things like that. So. You know it really sad. All right, that was James Smith-Williams for him, Casey Two Hill. And again, I told you this is the beginning of evaluating the aftermath following the Chase Young-Montez sweat trades because, of course, in the next chapter of evaluating the aftermath of this is after the New England Patriots game and see how these two new starters do. But before we get there, we have to take a review. Finally, get to our Week 8 review following the loss of the two the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's coming up next here on Locked on Commanders. of Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day, and we're going to do that. Thanks to our friends over at eBay Motors, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out us for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Falcons wide receiver Drake London had a rather quiet week eight against the Titans secondary and he caught only five passes for 55 yards, but he should be targeted to get on track with a much bigger game against a vulnerable Vikings secondary in week nine with potential quarterback change looming to Taylor Heineke, who Commanders fans are very aware of. Atlanta should be a more effective downfield passing team. London also could see some high volume in the game. Also, Browns running back Kareem Hunt has come back to the team and been leaned on again with Nick Chubb injured. For the long term, the Browns need to win with the running game and defense now with quarterback issues. And Hunt draws a fantastic matchup to run well in week nine. The Browns are at home against the Cardinals, wilting defense, and should be in either a positive or even game script to make sure they can stick with running Hunt. Hunt has a good chance to put out or put together a big game leading the Cleveland committee. Vinny Iyer of Locked on Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts, your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. With brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items. Only exclusions apply. Thanks again for being a Locked On. Commanders, your first listener, your first view today and every day. Thanks for everybody joining me here on the live broadcast. If you're not here for the live, that's okay. I appreciate you coming through after the fact uh, and on audio as well. Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday. Locked On is going to go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel, including Locked On Commanders. And your hosts are going to get you ready for the NFL schedule of games, including your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, betting angles and more. Plus, you get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts uh, across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked on NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked on NFL YouTube channel. So typically we do our week uh, eight or we do our week after action review a little bit earlier uh, than here on Wednesday, but with all the news and everything going on, obviously that got pushed down just a little bit. Typically, today is also our mailbag episode, but again, with everything going on, we had to kind of push all that down. We are going to do our AAR here. So first, of course, right, any after-action review that's going to be effective has to talk about what is supposed to happen in a game plan. In order to kind of determine what we thought the Washington commanders were really wanting to execute against the Philadelphia Eagles, we have to look at the first 15 plays because we know the first 15 plays, by and large, are scripted. Coming into the game based on what the quarterback Sam Howell is comfortable with doing and what they think they can do and execute against the opposing defense that they were facing, which would be, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, look at the first 15 plays of week eight against Philadelphia Eagles. They ran 10 per- or ran into 11 personnel. Ten times, which is not a surprise. That's the predominant personnel grouping that the Washington Commanders have used under Eric Bieniemy and quarterback Sam Howell. Twelve personnel was used four times, which is a is a is a smaller number, obviously, but it's an increase over some of the recent weeks, and actually compared to last week, is the the twelve personnel usage is starting to pick up just a little bit. And then twenty one personnel one times, which is uh, was something that I was very excited for. If you watch the game broadcast, Mark Schlereth was also very excited to see some fullback action going in there in the first. Uh, in the first 15 plays, the Washington Commanders passed the ball 11 times, ran the ball four times, so obviously uh, they didn't want to come after that defensive front too, too heavily. They definitely wanted to try to take advantage of any secondary holes uh, that they might have, especially with the secondary playing off uh, to, to account for Washington's speed. Again, across the, the receiver group, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, all three of your starting receivers, all known for having pretty good to elite downfield speed. Uh, of the 10 passes, three of those, so looking at the first reads, right, so not necessarily where Sam Howell actually ended up throwing the ball, but more so looking at the first reads. Three of the first reads that Sam Howell had coming off the snap were to the short left part of the field. Five of them were short to the right. Deep left was one, and that was a touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. There was one read option, pass left, and there was an intermediate middle route uh, that Sam Howell actually ended up coming off of the first read and hitting a dump off short to the right side of the field to Brian Robinson. So basically what you're seeing is a little bit of a split of of left and rights, more predominantly to the left and then one uh, in the middle. So wanting to spread the ball around. So there's there's no specific person they were picking on. Uh, I remember early on in that game, I kind of wondered to myself aloud if they were going to pick on James Bradbury or if they were looking to pick on James Bradbury. But they end up spreading the ball fairly evenly in the passing game. Uh, Again, against Philadelphia Eagles, a lot of short passes, right? Eight short passes, one read option pass left, which is another short pass. So that's nine short passes. And then one of the uh, designed intermediate passes actually ended up being a dump off to the right. So uh, a lot of short passes taking advantage again of that cushion, letting playmakers make plays with the ball. And then when the defense is starting to suck up into uh, that short part of the field, hit them with the double move and uh, get them for a touchdown, just like they do with Terry McLaurin. And then later on in the first half, to Jahan Dodson on a 21-yard completion. The uh, four-run plays, three of them went to the right side A-gap, so in between Tyler Larson the center and the right guard, Sam Cosme. That is where they were trying to focus their runs, which I think uh, makes a lot of sense. An end around to the left with Deami Brown was the other run for that uh, first 15 play. Shotgun was used 10 times. They went under center the other times. Motion was used 10 times, and then I came back through the first 15 plays and I want to identify any blocking issues, right? The, the offensive line has been something that we've really been talking about a lot. And with the new center in there, Tyler Larson with the new left guard, because Sadiq Charles was injured, uh, Chris Paul, I wanted to see if there were any significant blocking issues that I found. And I only found three notes. Actually, two of them were, were negatives. One of them was actually a positive. Only one of the negatives is an offensive lineman. So I think it's pretty good for your first 15 on the end around. Uh, I would want to see more aggression from left guard, Chris Paul, driving his block up the field. You know, he comes off the line of scrimmage. He hits his block. He gets him a little bit upfield. Then he basically shoves the linebacker and, and essentially just lets him go free. That linebacker ends up coming back and getting in the play and stopping De'Ami Brown at the line of scrimmage. If Chris Paul is more aggressive on that block, drives him upfield, gets upfield with him, gets parallel to him, and, and continues to block for De'Ami, then De'Ami Brown potentially can gain as many as three yards from what I can see uh, on the 22. And that brings up thirty and two instead of bringing up third and five. Instead, you get third and five. On that third and five play, uh, it was a screen pass to to Curtis Samuel. I know a lot of us were kind of not you know too in love with that play call. And looking at it on the film, either Terry McLaurin or Logan Thomas doesn't block the correct defender. I don't know which one because I can't tell you, uh, to be quite honest with you. But there are three defenders to that side. They're basically a man coverage. You got Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin. You got Curtis Samuel on that side of the field. Um, and Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas basically go and block the same dude leaving two Eagles defenders free to come after Curtis Samuel. Now, typically what you would want to do is get as many hats on as many defenders as possible and then tell your playmaker, Hey, you might have to make a guy miss which Curtis Samuel is certainly capable of doing. But instead, like I said, McLaurin and Thomas, they go to the same blocker. They go to the same guy and uh, Curtis Samuel ends up getting brought down uh, without being able to pick up the first down. Actually, if you go back and watch that play, Logan Thomas twitches a little bit, gets away with a little bit of a false start that doesn't get called there. So Again, that's kind of a negative blocking play. Uh, the you know the play caller, Eric Biannimi, knows you know who, who messed up there. Terry and Logan know who messed up there. I can't tell you specifically who was just one of those two guys. Um, and then a positive note on a Brian Robinson 29-yard run in that, in the first 15. Uh, Chris Paul, left guard, you saw a little bit more aggression as he pulled from the left side to the right side. That was the 11th play of the day for the Washington Commanders offense. And Chris Paul comes through there and just completely cleans the Philadelphia Eagles linebacker out of that hole uh, and springs B-Rob for a 29-yard gain. So what was supposed to happen Supposed to mix up some center shotgun looks, get the keep the Eagles' defense from keying in on personnel decisions uh, and formations, plenty of short play designs, but deep and intermediate routes allowed uh, if they're there and then runs through the A-gap, perhaps looking to take advantage of Tyler Larson's bigger frame there in the middle in place of Nick Gates. What do I want to see sustained? Pre-snap Sam. Sam Howell made a lot of better or much better reads pre-snap. In fact, he told us on Wednesday, quote, I thought I did a good job getting the ball out. Obviously, I get into every game, trying to get the ball out as quick as possible. As soon as the defense tells me where I can get the ball out for a completion, I take it. I thought I did a good job of that for the most part on Sunday, end quote. And I would say I agree. He did a good job. Only one sack. Unfortunately, it was on a fourth down play uh, and was pretty detrimental to the game. But you take the growth where you can get it. What I want to prove? The back end defense. That's not going to be a surprise. Technically, only three explosive passes allowed. Uh, on Sunday, it's Philadelphia Eagles, but a lot of other passes that were 12 to 15 yards or so technically not explosives because explosives are uh, are 20 20 yards or more passes, but certainly explosive enough to do a lot of damage. So that's how week eight went. It sends the Washington Commanders to three and five. That's closed out the first half of the season. How's the back half of the season going to go? I'm going to tell you that comes up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, Probably Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals all in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee, Game Time Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, last-minute tickets, Flash deals and zone deals can all be found at game time as well. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event they're having in your area. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy it so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. In fact... If you find tickets for the same event in the same section and row for less money, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and you redeem, redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, guys, wrapping up this episode of Locked On Commanders. And real quick, got a got a question here in the live chat. When is Cam Curl going to get paid? Coming from Fran, and and I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody interacting in the live chat on this episode, and of course, appreciate all of you coming through after the live as well. Um, honestly, I don't think Cam Curl is getting a new contract till the end of the season, and the reason being is you only. You're not going to want to re-sign players for a coaching staff that you may not be keeping, right? And right now we don't know what's happening with this coaching staff. Or if you're Josh Harrison, you know you're not retaining the coaching staff. I don't know that you're really gonna re-ink you're gonna re-sign anybody until you get a new coach, a new general manager in place, and you wanna let them have some say in in doing that. If you re-sign a guy like Cameron Curl, say a new three-year, five-year deal, something like that, you're pretty much marrying your new coach to that player uh before they even get a chance to evaluate them now of course the same can be said for players like deron Payne, john allen guys you already have under multi-year contracts terry mclaurin um you know but those guys are already there as a new owner i don't i don't foresee them signing players to new contracts until they know how they're going to progress uh with the coaching staff so that being said if you see cam curl signed to a new deal maybe just maybe that means that this staff is going to be sticking around For a little while longer. I think that has a lot to do with what's going to happen in the second half of the season, which kicks us right into our second half preview. I did plan on this being a little bit more of an in-depth type of uh, conversation. I was actually going to do a full episode on this, but again, we got crossover Thursday coming tomorrow and then a final game preview and I'm off to Foxborough to watch your Washington commanders beat the crap out of the New England Patriots. So that is the first game. In the second half of the season on the road against the new england patriots and then you've got another road matchup on the west coast of the country against the seattle seahawks back home against the new york giants before we go to dallas for thanksgiving and then we're back at fedex for the miami dolphins back to los angeles to play the los angeles rams to the east coast to play the new york jets at MetLife, and then back home back to back for two in the season against the 49ers and the dallas cowboys currently as you know washington commanders Three and five. So, how do I see the back half of this season going? Well, I'm going to go ahead and spoil a little bit from the crossover. I do think that the Washington Commanders are going to defeat the New England Patriots for, for a multitude of reasons that we'll talk about with Mike Debate on tomorrow's episode. And I will dive deeper in on my Friday final preview, uh, Keys of Victory episode of Locked On Commanders as well. So, that'll put the Washington Commanders, if I'm correct. At four and five, Seattle Seahawks. I've got that going down as a loss. I do have a win against the New York Giants. Look, I've been saying it for two years now. This team can beat the New York Giants. We just gotta see them do it. I get it, but I'm gonna chalk it up as a win because that's exactly what should happen. Uh, I'm gonna give them a split against the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm gonna mark it down as a loss at home. Uh, or at Dallas's home, so in, in Dallas on Thanksgiving, and then a win at home in week 18 at FedEx uh, versus Miami. I'm going to go ahead and put that down as a loss. That is that is a scary, scary team, especially if your defense is having a problem containing explosive passes. Uh, in Los Angeles, I've got this team winning. In New York against the Jets, I've got this team winning. Back home against the Niners. Right now, I'm going to take that as a loss. We'll see how the 49ers progress, not just defensively, but also offensively. They've had some really big struggles at the uh, at the end of it. So if those projections are correct and you have a five and four second half, which is a winning record, but you are end up with an eight and nine total record, which is a losing record. It's another non winning record. And then the questions about Ron Rivera's job have already come up and they're going to keep coming up. So here is kind of a mixture of a mailbag. Right. I've been asked, when will Ron Rivera get fired? So, first of all, I don't know that Ron Rivera is going to get fired, but if he does get fired, I see three exit ramps for Josh Harris in this ownership group reasonably. Right. I think you the the first exit ramp is the logical playoff elimination stance, and this is the stance or this is the point where you're not mathematically eliminated, but everybody kind of looks at the tea leaves and says, okay, but realistically, you ain't making the playoffs. And when is, and that to me that is going to come according to my projections when this team goes five and eight following their loss to the Miami Dolphins on December fourth. So uh, December one, December third, I think is the game. December fourth would basically be the day that Ron Rivera and his and you know and whoever else would be fired so that is the logical playoff elimination point i think if you're five and eight in the beginning of december your playoffs chances still technically alive very slim chance that they're actually going to happen second exit ramp for josh harris and the ownership group for ron rivera is the actual playoff elimination which i project to happen somewhere between december 25th and january 1st depending on the other teams and what they win and what they lose basically you're looking at the commanders being seven and eight seven and nine at that point in time and you know once teams start to eliminate them by virtue of winning themselves Eventually, somewhere in there, the uh, the team gets eliminated from playoff contention, and that is where the second exit ramp uh, will come for Josh Harris if he decides to move on from Ron Rivera. And then, of course, the final one is the end of the year. January 8th is the first day of the offseason, assuming the Washington Panthers don't rip off a whole bunch more wins than we expect them to. Uh, obviously, that news will likely leak beforehand, probably ahead of the Dallas Cowboys game, and that will basically be the last hurrah for Ron Rivera. So that places you right around – uh, the 11 to 15 pick range that that record eight and nine uh, of the first round, which is actually a regression. When you look at Ron and Barry inheriting the second overall pick uh, the very next season, the Washington commanders had the 19th overall pick, which is improvement. But then you go back down to 11th, which is regression up to 16th, which is improvement from there back down to the 11 to 15 range. Uh, so that is uh, that is obviously regression, right? You're not getting better. You're getting worse. Um, so, you know. That's that's the way I see the back half of the season going. Look, I think Seattle certainly a winnable game. Uh, I do think that this team could beat the Cowboys not just once but twice. The Miami Dolphins, I don't know if that's going to be a thing, guys, just with the this team's weaknesses versus that team's strengths. But crazier things have happened. Never count anybody out until it happens any given Sunday. All of that stuff. And really the only hope for Ron Rivera and his staff, if they don't make the playoffs, is that Sam Howell makes so much improvement from here to there. Uh, that it only makes sense to keep the system intact for the quarterback's growth. And Josh Harris wants to see that anyway. Of course, you could still see Ron Rivera fired anyway, and Eric Bieniemy hired as the head coach to replace him, a la what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did when they kept Dirk Cutter and fired Lovey Smith because they wanted to keep Jameis Winston's continuity in place. So you could see a multitude of things. But that's going to continue, or that's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, that is going to, uh, uh, well, I've got one more question from William Sed- Sedgwick here. So, Bill. Ask if uh, the trade for Chase Young has been finalized or saw some things be worked out. So there's really nothing to be worried about there. Again, Ron Rivera said the San Francisco 49ers are on their bye week So it's, they basically have all the time in the world uh, to go ahead and make this thing final. But the trade is going to happen unless Chase Young fails physical, which he's not going to fail physical. It's just not officially official just yet. Coming up tomorrow, we got crossover Thursday, Mike debate of locked on Patriots. And I will talk about this weekend's matchup. In the meantime, you got questions or comments for future Hopefully mailbags drop them in the YouTube comment section, hit me on Twitter or text me directly as a lock insider by going to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders. As always, thank you for making a locked on commander's your first listen or your first view of the day today. And every day, every day, Just thanks for coming through on a regular basis like you do until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. And I'll see you next time for another episode of locked on commanders, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. <laughs>